podcast promoting female musicians and artists. Today, I am joined by Zella Magosian, who leads an Armenian-influenced ethno-jazz quintet, which is very aptly named the Zella Magosian Quintet. Zella, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's great to talk to you. I am here to learn about jazz and Armenian <laughs> music, and I think you're just the person uh, to tell me. Firstly, can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you have this really strong connection to Armenian music? Yes, I'm. Um, I mean, I'm Armenian because my parents, grandparents, all ancestors are Armenian. Uh, I was born in Lebanon uh, to an Armenian family, and um, as you would know, people who were dislocated from a country to another, they try to tend. They tend to um, cling to their identity and try as much as possible to preserve their culture. And I went to Armenian school in the Armenian community, went to the Armenian Musical College where I studied music. So, yeah, uh, we listened to a lot of Armenian music. I played a lot of Armenian music. Uh, I mean, I'm classically trained. um, So I remember most most of the time in my repertoire, 20%, 30% of what I played was Armenian. Okay. Yeah. So when you were around at home as well, was there a lot of Armenian music? music that you were listening to? Yes, um, I can say yes, because my mom used to listen to Armenian songs and introduce me to the Armenian um, cultural songs. Um, We spoke Armenian in the household. Uh, I read Armenian books, Armenian poetry. So yeah, that's, that's um, that's how I know about a lot of Armenian mm. uh, culture. You mentioned the idea of, I guess, kind of clinging to that identity. Is that why you think that upbringing gave you a really strong connection to those roots? Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, in, in this Armenian school as well, they teach you a lot of things about your identity, where you come from, uh, your country, your, your motherland, Not, maybe... Also, they teach you about the country that you were born in, but also where you come from. Mm. And especially for the Armenians, the Western Armenians who were um, after the 1915 genocide in Turkey, they were uh, dislocated and massacred. So it was very important, still very important for us to preserve our culture. Okay. Yeah. Well, it definitely comes through very strong in your recordings and your performance as well. I saw your gig at the Foundry 616 last week, Mm -hmm. and it was great. I'd like to really get stuck into trying to uh, pull apart that. The first thing I wanted to talk about, I guess, was the time signatures. Mm. So I'm coming from a background of not having a deep understanding of jazz, and particularly not having a a deep understanding of Armenian-influenced jazz. So I was kind of feeling sometimes I was getting a 3-4 but then I was, uh, oftentimes I felt I was like lost in the flow yeah. of things. So, and you had two percussionists yes. as well. Is that, I guess, is that Armenian influence, was that having an influence on the percussion as well as the time signatures that you're playing in compared yeah. to like a traditional Western jazz? Yeah, it's very interesting that you ask that. I, I love shifting time signatures 
and also because in our culture we have odd time signatures and and you would you you also shift from for example 98 to 44 mm. or i mean in armenian there's so much 68 time signatures and sometimes you go to 78 and go back to the uh, original time signature um but also having adam uh, our percussionist uh he's kurdish uh from turkey istanbul we have very similar kind of musical uh, approach to our music so when I met him a couple of years ago, I felt like I discovered someone who understands what I do. And so, And that's how all of this developed. And uh, his brother was here back then, who used to play kaval, which is a traditional instrument. And when it, when I started having ideas, which were all, I think, locked locked up inside of me until then, um, and we started experimenting and they quickly understood what I had in mind. And also the influences that I have uh, listening to different artists, ethno-jazz people who also do a lot of time signature changes. Within uh, kind of one piece as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I I don't do it deliberately. Sometimes when I'm composing, I have, sort of, for example, the line or the idea in my head I try to um, actually find out what that line is in the time signature. So when I write it down, oh, I feel like I am thinking in an odd time signature. Ah, yeah, it's going backwards. Instead yes, of, instead yes, of thinking, definitely. I'm for gonna me. write a waltz three four, or I'm gonna mm. write a four four, and you do it. It's in your head already. Yes, and you have yeah. to figure out. That that's what I do. Wow. Yes. So if I hear the melody in my head, it sometimes it would be in an odd time signature. So I try to fit it in a sort of a form. You mentioned the percussionist as well. So you had... I guess it was a traditional kind of drum kit. Yes. And then he was playing... Uh, I guess a variation of multiple different percussion tools. Percussion tools. tools. I don't know what it's called, where you're sitting on it. A cajon, the cajon. Oh, he's playing cajon. Yes. Right. Yeah, he had the congos and uh, cajon. He had the daf, which is the frame drum. He played the... uh, I don't think he played darbuka that night, but he plays the darbuka as well. Okay. I found it interesting that at times the two the percussionist and the drummer were in sync. Mm. But at other times, they almost had... It was kind of like there was a polyrhythm in the room. Yes, and that's also Alex. uh, Alex's talent of bringing that in as well. Uh, I mean, Adam does lots of polyrhythms as well, but two of them have this really great understanding of each other. They give, give each other space so that each one can come out and then disappear and the other one can... Yeah... It must have been such a thrill when you have all of these things in your head and then they just the they, do it. Exactly. And then it's in the, yeah. on stage and everyone's there. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, as I said on stage, I'm, I'm lucky to have met them. And it just, everything happened so organically. I didn't have in mind to have a quintet or a quartet. I didn't even know what, <laughs> what I was doing. But when we all came together, it just felt like, that was meant to be or mm. something, yeah. And you mentioned that he had Kurdish 
Yes, he's Kurdish. Okay. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. Bringing it all together. Yeah, Adam knows most of the Armenian melodies because we actually come, my ancestors come from the lands which are very close to his ancestor, ancestral land. Mm. So they all, all their traditional music is with slight variations, obviously, but very similar to what we know. You mentioned Armenian melodies. Mm. Does it follow like a different tonal structure? The modes, yeah, it's modal. Yeah, it it has quarter tones. Some of the music has quarter tones, which I I can't play on the piano, obviously. Uh, but when Metin used to play uh, on the kaval, he used to do all that. But now Stewart, because he is an expert in Middle Eastern music, he studied, he's done his PhD on on that. Uh, so he plays quarter tones on his saxophone and clarinet. Yeah. Right. I guess that kind of leads... I've just realized that this is going to be quite a technical women who rock. I'm going to be <laughs> on the edge of my ability to talk about musical from a technical standpoint. Yeah. But so I play blues mm-hmm. and the only scale that I ever play is like a minor pentatonic. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm scared of Mixolydian and Dorian scales, but I felt as though, as you were mentioning, particularly with the wind instrument, there was a lot of stuff, I guess, going on. And so that... Uh, is that from an Armenian base as well? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of. I mean, in 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 the same context, we can shift from Dorian to Phrygian, and no one teaches us that. It just I can just hear it in my in my head because that's that's how our culture is, uh, and most of the time, I mean, I'm not. I wasn't a traditional musician. I I was classically trained. But because I heard a lot of the traditional music, it just stays in your head. And mm. when you listen to a lot of uh, folk improvisations, it just you you know how the flow is, mm. and that's how I try to improvise. You, if I'm using the uh, traditional elements, I don't sit down and think about. Obviously, improvisation is improvisation, but linking everything together comes out naturally. I guess what I'm trying to get at, I'm not that great at phrasing it because I'm right on the edge of my ability to talk about this, but if you were studying jazz in New York mm. and comparing that to the kind of scales used yeah. in Armenian, maybe folk music from 100 years ago, yeah, are there differences, yes, large differences? There, look, you know, yeah, I think there are because I don't consider myself a traditional jazz musician in, in, in uh, I mean, st- standard uh, jazz music wise that's how what i mean because mm. i'm still learning that obviously what i have learned so far at the con from friends ex- like jamming together uh, has helped me a lot in producing what i do now because i sort of knew what i wanted but i didn't have the means to bring it out but when i learned the harmony uh, the normal jazz standard harmonies and all the functional stuff that happens behind it, it just made it easier for me to write down what I have in my mind. Great. But I think it's different, yes. Uh, it's same and different. It's, it's hard to explain. Well, yeah. maybe instead of explaining it, we should listen to a track. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the last track that you played 
in your set. We're going to listen to that now. Yes. It's from the album. It is called Ceasefire. So this is, yeah, this is the Zella Magossian Quintet with their track Ceasefire.
is a track called Ceasefire by Zella Margosian Quintet. Now, Zella, your album, Transition, it was released on the Sydney label Artist Catharsis. Yes. That is one of my favourite labels. I really love that they have introduced me to so many interesting artists. Mm. How did that come about, that you released it through that label? Lachlan, who runs the uh, label, contacted me. I think he had heard about my music through... Um, Adam, who was playing in another ensemble as well. Um, so he liked it and he contacted me. And from my interaction with Lachlan and our meetings, I just felt so comfortable. And um, I, I don't think I had any hesitations to say no. So, yeah, we jumped on board. Right. He just called you out of the blue and said, I love yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a very... Um, knowledgeable and intellectual uh, human being and understands uh, music and appreciates good music. So uh, we were very lucky and humbled, yeah. The name of the album is Transition. Yes. And we were talking before about, so you were classically trained originally, and now you're moving into a jazz area. Can you talk about how the album represents that step Mm. for you from genres? Ever since I started learning music, I, I, I was born in Beirut, as I mentioned, um, and I was born during the war. Uh, so lots of stuff weren't as they used to be before the war. So, for example, when I was growing up, maybe not all the jazz venues were functioning. Um, so I wasn't introduced to jazz music. I, I heard it on TV because Lebanon is like sort of like a very open... Um, should I say Americanized uh, country because all the programs were in English and we used to watch Muppet Show and Sesame Street everything (laughs) so I used to hear jazz on those shows like uh, when Frank Sinatra was on and um, Dizzy Gillespie and I used to love them and now I know why because I just loved loved the music so I grew up I, I just continued studying classical music until I moved to Armenia because I did my whole music degree in Armenia. So, uh, and I used to go with my friends to the jazz venues and listen to the music there. And I discovered the Armenian ethno jazz music in like the raw, very uh, pure ethno jazz. And I fell in love with the music. And deep down inside, I always wished that I could do it. Uh, but f- for me, in my head back then it wasn't a possibility I I don't know why maybe it was the circumstances I was in the middle of a very hard degree I had to practice five to six hours daily to finish up the so they call it the master's degree there which is sort of like the postgraduate degree Um, but then I moved to Australia with having all those feelings bottled Mm. up inside of me and when I came here it was very tough at the beginning because I didn't know as a classical performer I didn't know anyone and to be honest I actually didn't want to perform classical anymore until it took me a while to just gather the that way and to have the guts to say that's it I'm just gonna start not all over again but to a certain degree again Mm. and learn jazz harmony and jazz and that's how it's all started I started learning by myself and with a tutor and then participated in the young women's jazz workshops twice which were amazing for me 
uh, and auditioned at the con. And now I still study part time because I don't have time to do it full. Yeah. Yeah, that fully. really is a large transition. I'm interested in when you first, you said you moved to Armenia for your first degree. Uh, for my second for your degree. second degree. Yes. <laughs> You're accumulating degrees. I know. <laughs> um, how old were you when you first had that experience of going into these real raw clubs and hearing mm. this Armenian music live for the first time? I was 21, 22. But it took me another seven years to just gather the strength and say, I'm just going to make a decision and allow myself to be happy with my decision because as a classical performer you tend to be to tend you tend to reach a, a level of perfection and after all those years of doing that uh it was very hard for me to stop doing that it doesn't mean that um i i can't play classical anymore i can but it's not about that refined practice of taking it to a level where on an like people would say, oh, yes, you're playing Chopin or Liszt or the way it should be. I was tired of that. I, I wanted to create something of my own. So that's that's how I was convinced. There's certainly a lot of skills that are transferable, though, because, I mean, my understanding is that classical music is really about precision. Yes. And Jazz requires precision as well, mm. but it's more in a free-flowing yeah. environment. I what 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 captivated me about jazz is obviously the very spontaneous creation of the music, and also uh, being able to foresee the harmony that's coming next, or 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 the whole function the 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 functionality of it you kind of know you kind of see it in your head while you're playing it and i love that and you can manipulate it and you can change it you can add stuff but with the classical although i have like my respect uh, towards classical music but you tend to do the same thing over and over but obviously with different energy mm. every time but with jazz like the way on, for example, on Thursday night, w the, something happens and then we laugh about it and we communicate uh, together. We add something. Sometimes uh, we don't do that. Sometimes we do that. I love that. I love, I can actually feel the energy flow on stage. The spontaneity. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the set, so you were playing original songs? Um, most, yes. Uh, the album is all original, except one which is an arrangement. But on Thursday night, we also had covers of Armenian folk melodies. Are those the kind of songs and melodies that you would have heard when you were 20, 21? Yeah, there were, some of them were songs that, uh, in original form, folk, pure folk version. That's how we grew, we grew up listening to those songs. And you also were kind of uh, narrating the night as well. Mm. I'm not sure if that's uh, typical of a jazz night because I don't I haven't seen that much jazz, but it seems like you knew a lot about, I guess, the stories and the meaning behind the music that you're playing. Yeah, obviously the ones that I have written because um, so many things happened before reaching this point. 
it, it's like my compositions are stemming from those experiences. So each composition actually is related to a story. Mm. And th- Thursday night, actually, because our sets were long, I didn't do much talking. Usually I introduce and say a little bit more about each piece. Um, but yeah, every piece has a story. Mm. Yeah. It is time for Tell Me a Thing, the segment where I give you a list of seven topics and I ask you to tell me something about one of them. The topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, Patti Smith, punk rock, poetry, death and politics. Zella, can you please tell me a thing? Yes, I chose death and I just want to say that these past years have been very... um, eye-opening for me and full of experiences and uh, through a personal experience of mine I reached a sort of like a conclusion that death is a perspective and um, it's very hard for someone to think of it this way and certainly I might just be just saying that because I'm thinking that way now Uh, but it shouldn't be a scary thought because uh, I understand that it is a part of life and um, the happier you are in life or I should say the more risky you are in life in doing what you want and follow your passion every day it'll make you it'll uh, it'll make you die happier <laughs> um, you feel more fulfilled you feel more fulfilled and that's that's i think sort of my motto that the more you do what your heart wants like genuinely wants i'm not saying like the desires all everything but uh if you are after if you discover what you want and you go after fulfilling that dream or even if it's not a dream, something that gives you joy, I think that will bring you to a happy, well, you're happier cert- death. <laughs> you're certainly doing that. And I mean, the name of your album is Transition. So yeah. it seems like you're following exactly what you want to do at this point in time. Yeah, it was ha- uh, a hard decision to make, but certainly now I'm very happy that I made that decision. Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully there are many more Zella Magossian releases to come. Hopefully. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks. Zella, it has been so good having a chat with you today. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3.